This is a diet of Brussels. I'm, I'm not really sure what I'm going to talk about at this point. I'm standing uh, in the shadow of uh, the House of Parliaments, uh, just across the way from College Green, where the world's media seems to have descended. From looking across uh, the grass here, the lawn, I can see Jacob Rees-Mogg being interviewed. I've just seen Dan Hannan stalking about, giving interviews to everybody who's passing. Um, where are we? This is uh, the big question, you know, this is what, you know, you, you would have hoped we would have uh, reached an answer to. And well, I think what's really uh, telling about where we are, and it's, well, it's about one o'clock uh, on Friday lunchtime, is we still don't really know where we are. We've had resignation of David Cameron. We've had uh, a vote that has a very high turnout that, that can't be ignored, but which doesn't give a, an emphatic, uh, decisive decision. And it's a clear majority of uh, just short of 52% uh, for uh, the Leave uh, campaign. But that's not, you know, uh, really clear cut. It's not the two thirds remain vote or in vote that we had back in 1975. So we find ourselves, I think, here at a, a bit of a juncture. We, we've got a long way uh, to go on uh, this topic. Uh, I have a horrible feeling that I'm just about to commit myself to several more years of this, maybe not at the same tempo uh, as I have done over the past year. One of the things that's really not clear uh, is uh, when the next steps will take place. It's not even clear what the next steps are. David Cameron, uh, as he uh, made his resignation speech, said that he wasn't the person who was the right person to lead the UK into the negotiation under the Article 50 provisions. And he wasn't, it sounded like, going to be the person who was going to submit that notification. Now, uh, under the terms of that article, and I sense I'm going to have to do a podcast going through this very carefully once more, uh, the UK has to notify uh, the EU. Now, you can take a, a broad view of that and say the fact that he announced that uh, he acknowledged and accepted the uh, decision of the referendum might in of itself be enough uh, for uh, European leaders if they just wanted to get a, a crack on and just not uh, mess around. Um, but at the same time, the referendum is clearly only advisory, Parliament remains sovereign, uh, and you would expect that he might need to do a bit more than do a uh, a short press conference on his doorstep uh, and at the very least write a letter or maybe get a parliamentary vote or something that's a bit more official constitutionally uh, than uh, acknowledging uh, and accepting the, the result. Now, uh, if he doesn't do that, it's, it's kind of hard to see how he can be forced to do it uh, by other leaders. And uh, I think the, the big test is going to come next week on Tuesday and Wednesday when we have a European Council which is the logical point that he would make a, a notification if he was doing it. But uh, to my mind, I think we're gearing up for a summer where the British uh, political system works out what on earth its uh, options are. Uh, we've got to have a leadership contest in the Tory party. We might well have reverberations elsewhere. Uh, Labour might be seeing uh, uh, some activity down the line. And then, well, you know, maybe in the autumn, uh, the new Prime Minister, whoever that might be, makes their notification to the European Council and our two years, two years of this uh, kick off. Now, uh, clearly, 
we're not all going to sit on our hands until October. We don't all get to go off and have holidays and just say, let's hope it all works itself out. The really interesting thing about today, now, is that there are no rules. There are no limits to what one can push for. You can see that in lots of different ways. You can see it in the way that Nicola Sturgeon has made a very clear case so she will be going for a second independence referendum. Every region of Scotland returned a clear Remain majority and she will use that and she is going to use it to base uh, her argument for uh, voting to, to leave. Scotland looks sort of like a real outlier. Here in London too, you know, you've got people talking about uh, London's position, you know, it's almost completely uh, Remain majorities. Uh, what do you do about London? London's already relatively disconnected from the rest of the country, as I think the metropolitan bubble have just discovered last night. So, you know, do we need something more for the for uh, a resolution of the, the London issue? You see it with Northern Ireland. Uh, Sinn Féin saying that there needs to be a revisiting of the uh, uh, Northern Irish uh, status, uh, both within the UK and within the context of the uh, Good Friday peace agreements. Uh, and that's going to be a real issue. And uh, you know, I think we need to keep a good eye open on that in relation to uh, Dublin uh, and what they say uh, as a response to this vote. You see it uh, even in uh, the case of Gibraltar, which returned one of the largest, if not the largest, uh, Remain majorities. Uh, uh, they very clearly want to stay part of the UK, but you've got the Spanish who are talking about, let's try and have talks about shared sovereignty. Now, uh, I don't think that will go anywhere at all, but the people can feel that they will make those kinds of uh, pushes uh, in the same way that you've seen people like Gerd Wilders in the Netherlands, Marine Le Pen in France, saying we need to have the same kind of vote. Why don't we have the same opportunity to voice our concerns? There's going to be an awful lot of pressure in other countries for more of these kind of referendums. So this weekend, you might be having some time off, but you can imagine people in 10 Downing Street, the Foreign Office, are uh, in the chancelleries of Europe, to use that old cliched phrase, they're going to be working overtime, non-stop, to try and work out what kind of response they can pull together. This window is really short. By the end of today, we really will have uh, much more clarity about what's going on. You know, we don't know what's going to happen with George Osborne, for example. Uh, is he going to step down? He looks very exposed at this point. Um, but, you know, there are big questions. There are big choices. So I think what's going to be really interesting and exciting as we go through this, at least from an observer's point of view, is that stuff's going to happen. That the system will move. That this could be a moment where you get lots of relocation, uh, dislocation, uh, new fractures between different actors. I'm going off to hopefully talk to somebody on a radio station, although I might get bumped for a politician, as I've been told. Uh, so my status remains as it ever was, uh, an observer, a commentator. Let's see how the next few days go. I'll do a few more of these as we see a little bit more of what's going on. And then we will go from there. So from outside the Houses of Parliament. This is me, Simon Ashworth, uh, with another Diet of Brussels, and you're going to be eating an awful lot of it in the years to come.